What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about actor Paul Dano in the movie Yes, God, Yes. But first, let's talk about actor Paul Dano, who I think is one of the most underrated actors of his generation. From such a young age, Dano was appearing in quality films like L.I.E. and Little Miss Sunshine, which for me was the first time I noticed Paul Dano as an actor. And the scenes between him and Steve Carell were the absolute best scenes of that movie. I think it's what makes that movie so special. Yes, Abigail Breslin is super awesome in that film. Greg Kinnear, also fantastic. Alan Arkin won the Oscar for that film, so clearly that's a great performance. But what I keep going back to when I rewatch that movie is the relationship between Steve Carell's character and Paul Dano's character. I think it's what makes that movie unique and special. And I think Paul Dano, again, even the first half of the movie, his character doesn't even talk. I think it's a super terrific performance from such a young actor. And then a few short years later, he appears in Paul Thomas Anderson's film, There Will Be Blood, and I recently sat down and watched this film. This film is, of course, an all-time great Daniel Day-Lewis performance, but Paul Dano's performance is equally compelling, and it's really hard to be as compelling as Daniel Day-Lewis. I think Paul Dano should have received his first Oscar nomination for this performance. For a film to be this good, it has to be more than just one actor. And Paul Dano really does a great job of supporting Daniel Day-Lewis's performance. I mean, it's the number one reason why I watch movies is to watch great performances. And yes, Daniel Day-Lewis received all the accolades for that film. He won an Oscar, but I think Paul Dano is equally as brilliant. And since There Will Be Blood, Paul Dano has had supporting roles in some great films, like Meek's Cutoff, which was directed by Kelly Reinhardt, that also co-stars Michelle Williams and Zoe Kazan. This is like a really unique Western film. Paul Dano has a small supporting role in it, but I really enjoyed that film. Then he was also in Looper, which I think is the best sci-fi film of this past decade. You have Joseph Gordon-Lovett, who plays a younger version of Bruce Willis in this film. This film really holds up, and I don't think it gets enough credit for how good it is. You get a really spectacular Emily Blunt appearance. Paul Dano, again, only has a small role, but I think if you look at the films that Paul Dano has appeared in, they're all really good. Paul Dano has never been in a bad film in my estimation. Dano also had a supporting performance in the Oscar Best Picture winner, 12 Years a Slave. It felt like every big actor at that time appeared in 12 Years a Slave. Benedict Cumberbatch, Lupita Nyong'o, Michael Fassbender, Tuichel Ejiofor, Paul Dano. Every big actor now was in the film 12 Years a Slave. And I think that's one of those rare Best Picture winners that actually deserve to be the Best picture winner at the Oscars. That film is 100% terrific. Dano also appeared in the film Prisoners, which is an underrated film that stars Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. This film, if you have not seen Prisoners, it's such a unique film. It's dark, it's gritty, and Paul Dano, you think he's the villain, but it doesn't quite turn out that way. It's a really interesting film. I definitely recommend you check out Prisoners. 
And then he had a small supporting role in Bon Joon Ho's Okja, where he plays an animal activist, right? I mean, again, Paul Dano does not appear in bad films. And even when he has a supporting role, it's always in a really great film. And that's something I admire because I think Paul Dano could be the lead of some really bad movies, but he chooses to work with top-notch directors. Again, he's worked with the likes of Paul Thomas Anderson, Denis Villeneuve, Bong Joon-ho. He's working with the best directors of his time. Kelly Reichardt, Steve McQueen, these are the best directors working today, and they're all working with Paul Dano. Ryan Johnson, he worked with him in Looper. Again, Paul Dano works with top-notch directors and usually makes top-notch films. Paul Dano has also been the lead of some really weird, quirky films that ultimately end up being great. There are two in particular I want to put a shine on. Ruby Sparks, where he plays this writer who writes a character and then that character turns to life. It turns out to be Zoe Kazan. And again, he wrote this girl and then the girl came to life and it happened to be his girlfriend. The premise of this movie is really stupid. And in the hands of a bad actor, I don't think this movie works at all. But Paul Dano turns this film into magic. It's one of the best performances of his career. Chris Messina is also in this film as Paul Dano's brother. I absolutely was blown away by this film. I thought the premise was going to annoy me at times, but again, Paul Dano made it work, and it's a really great lead performance from Paul Dano. And the other film is Swiss Army Man, where Dano co-stars with Daniel Radcliffe, and Daniel Radcliffe is basically playing a talking dead corpse. Again, the premise of this film is really stupid, but their performances, and Dano's in particular, makes this film worth watching. Not a lot of actors could pull off these two movies. Ruby Sparks and Swiss Army Man are really special movies because of the performance of Paul Dano. He uplifts movies with some silly premises. The best performance of Paul Dano's career is in this small movie called Love and Mercy, where he plays the lead man of the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson. I knew nothing about Brian Wilson, and I was blown away by Paul Dano and this story. As much as I love John Cusack, who plays the older version of Brian Wilson in the second half of the film, Paul Dano should have played Brian Wilson for the entirety of the movie. It's that good of a performance. It should have gotten Paul Dano an Oscar nomination. In my mind, Paul Dano should have two Oscar nominations at this point for his performance in There Will Be Blood and for his performance in Love and Mercy. The way he played this complicated musical genius was brilliant. And I don't think enough people saw this movie, so I definitely recommend you watch the movie Love and Mercy. Again, you get Paul Dano, you get John Cusack, Paul Giamatti is in this film, Bill Camp is in this film. This film needs to be seen because it was underappreciated in its time. In 2018, Dano probably had the best year of his career. He had a great acting performance, and he also made his directorial debut. First, with his acting performance, he starred in the miniseries Escape from Danamora, where all the episodes were directed by Ben Stiller, and he co-starred along with Benicio Del Toro, and he got his first Emmy nomination. He plays a real-life person in this miniseries, and it is a different type of Paul Dano performance. It's probably his most intense performance and his most unrecognizable performance. I thought he was spectacular in this miniseries. Then Dano made his directorial debut with the film Wildlife. The story is based off a book, and again, this film was the most under 
underrated film of that year. I love the performances. Carrie Mulligan should have brought home an Oscar. Jake Gyllenhaal was terrific. Bill Camp is great in this. The kid in the movie is also great. Ed Oxenbold. I mean, it could not have been a better directorial debut from Paul Dano. The best thing I can say about Paul Dano as a director is that I'm equally excited for his career as a director as I am for his career as an actor. I think he really has a chance to be one of the best directors working today because he had one of the best debut features I've ever seen. I was blown away by this film. This is a small indie film that looks majestic. Dano as an actor is set to appear in Matt Reeves' The Batman as the Riddler. I'm somebody who grew up loving Jim Carrey's portrayal of the character. I think it's iconic and again, I've been wanting to see some other actor play the character for a long time now and I think Paul Dano, if anyone's going to pull it off, it's going to be Paul Dano. I could not be more hyped for this film. I mean, the cast, Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Colin Farrell, John Turturro, Paul Dano as the Riddler. How could you not be excited for Paul Dano as the Riddler? He's got a chance to pull off one of the best performances by an actor playing a comic book villain ever. That's how high regard I put Paul Dano in. He's got a chance to blow the door away with a different type of portrayal than Jim Carrey's campy Riddler. Again, I love Jim Carrey's campy Riddler, but I think Paul Dano is going to bring some much needed drama to that role. When I think of Paul Dano, I think of somebody who's a great actor, but he's not a movie star. Like, we don't talk of him in terms of other people. We don't talk of him as the lead of really good movies. He's not a comic book hero. Again, he's going to play the Riddler. That's probably his first big mainstream film. Again, he's appeared in other big time movies like Looper. He also appeared in Cowboys and Aliens. But outside of that, the public really hasn't seen a lot of his movies since Little Miss Sunshine. And I think Paul Dano is one of the best actors working today. He's not in bad movies. Again, look at this filmography. You have L.I.E., Little Miss Sunshine, There Will Be Blood, Meek's Cutoff, Cowboys and Aliens, Ruby Sparks, Looper, 12 Years a Slave, Prisoners, Love and Mercy, Swiss Army Man, the miniseries Escape from Danamora, Okja, and his directorial debut feature, Wildlife. Watch these films and appreciate the work of Paul Dano because he's simply one of the best actors working today. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Yes God Yes. Here's a quick synopsis. Alice, a high school junior, goes on a religious retreat at a time where she is sexually curious and starts to create a conflict between herself and her her religious viewpoints. This is a small indie film that really blew me away. I think it's one of the best films of 2020 and more people should see this film. And the biggest reason why is because of the lead performance of Natalia Dyer. She is terrific in the film. It's one of the best performances of her career. It proves she can have a movie career after Stranger Things is done. I also really liked her in Dan Gilroy's horror film Velvet Buzzsaw. I mean, it's it's an interesting year for the actresses of Stranger Things. I mean, Millie Bobby Brown had a great performance in the film, Enola Holmes, and now Natalia Dyer has a great performance in the film, Yes, God, Yes. I think these people are proving that they're going to have careers in Hollywood after Stranger Things is done. I think a lot of people watch Stranger Things and they're like, oh, those kids will be gone after that show's over, but I think some of them are here to stay. Like, I think Natalia Dyer is here to stay. I think Charlie Heaton could be here to stay. I know Millie Bobby Brown is here to stay, and I think Finn Wolfhard 
part is here to stay. These kids can act. There's a reason that show is really good, and I think we underestimate how good actors these kids are. I think what makes this a really great performance from Dyer is the humor of this character. She's really nervous at times. She doesn't know where she stands socially. She's just really confused about life right now, but she's also trying to fit in and make it look like she has the answers to everything. She's confused, but she's acting like a know-it-all all at the same time. Again, this is one of the best performances of the year and one of the best performances of her career. Also in this film, in a supporting role, is Timothy Simmons. He has become one of the best supporting actors working today. He's best known for his performance in the show Veep, but I really liked him in supporting roles in the show Looking for Alaska and the movie Christine. I think this guy is so good at playing misguided role models to young people. Again, in Looking for Alaska in this movie, Yes, God, Yes, he plays misguided role models who acts like he has all the answers for real life. But then when real life happens, he doesn't have the answers at all. He's just as confused as the kids he's giving advice to. And I think he plays that brilliantly. It's really funny. He's really funny in this. He's really funny in Looking for Alaska. Again, I think he's one of the more interesting supporting actors working today. And I think the scenes between Dyer and Simmons are why this movie works. We all know what that relationship is like when you're a young person and you're getting advice from a guy who you know doesn't have the answers. It can be really annoying. And that dynamic between these two is why this movie is special. It's so relatable. Anybody has been in that situation when they are young and getting advice from somebody they know is as clueless as they are. This film is a directorial debut feature for Karen Maine. She also co-wrote the script and she previously co-wrote this film called Obvious Child. I've talked about this movie before. It's one of my all-time favorites. It stars Jenny Slate. I mean, this film is so good. I think it has something that also relates to Yes, God, Yes. Karen Maine is so good at writing these female protagonists who are flawed yet relatable characters. What really blew me away with this movie is the style and the tone of it. This felt like a film that could have been directed by the Coen brothers. Like something like that. It's so stylized. The humor is there, but it's not obvious. You have to really pay attention to it. It's really one of the funniest films of the year. But it's also really honest about its subject matter. I mean, this character of Alice, played by Natalia Dyer, is starting to learn that the people who are giving her advice are hypocrites. Again, this is something that we all go through in life. We all look to people who are older than us for the answers. We're taught to respect them, that they have all the answers. And then we get to a point in our lives where we realize that some of these people, not all, are hypocrites and they don't have the answers and they're just as bad as we are, if not worse, in those moments. The final scene between Dyer and Simmons's character in this film is the absolute best scene of the film because he realizes that she knows the truth about him now. That is one of the most honest portrayals of that dynamic I've ever seen on screen. It's why this small indie film is so unique and so good is because of that dynamic between that adult giving advice to someone and then the kid realizing this adult doesn't know anything they're talking about and they are just as troubled as I am. When she comes to that realization about Simmons's character, it absolutely blew me away. Something I've heard a 
lot about this year is that 2020 is not the year for comedy. And I agree with that to a certain point. I don't think this is the year for great laugh-out-loud movies, but I do think there have been some really solid comedies made this year. So here's a list about five of them that I think's worth checking out. I think along with Yes, God, Yes, you have Palm Springs, the Andy Samberg film with Christine Milioti. That film was probably the best comedy of the year. I think that film is laugh out loud, hysterical at times, but underneath it all, it's kind of dramatic at times too. And then you also have The King of Staten Island, which stars Pete Davidson. I mean, again, you thought a Pete Davidson film would be one of the funniest films of the year, and it is, but there's also something uniquely sincere about that film and about his life. And then Pete Davidson also had another film called Big Time Adolescence, along with Griffin Gluck and John Cryer. And again, that film is really funny at times. There hasn't been a great year for comedies, but I think it's been a great year for comedy dramas. Emma is another one, a film that stars Anya Taylor-Joy. It's a remake of a classic. Gwyneth Paltrow has starred in that film before. This is a remake but this film is a lot funnier than those other versions and I think Anya Taylor-Joy delivers one of the best performances of the year so again, that's a pretty solid list of comedies. No, there hasn't been laugh out loud comedies we've been used to from Seth Rogen although he starred in American Pickle but even that wasn't the usual Seth Rogen comedy we're used to. There hasn't been a Will Ferrell movie that was laugh out loud funny I think the, the one that did come this year wasn't very good. There hasn't been a lot of great laugh out loud comedies but these films again Yes God Yes, Palm Springs The King of Staten Island, Emma and Big Time Adolescence are really worth watching I think they're the type of films in 2020 we actually need. We don't need to laugh out loud funny. We need some funny films that are about important subject matters and I think all of those films are that. Mindless laughing is great but when you're laughing and then you're also getting something from a movie like Yes, God, Yes. Those are my favorites because, again, it was showing me something. It was giving me an opinion on a subject matter that I agreed with. I agree with the premise of this film. I agree. We. I also relate to the struggle that Alice was going through throughout the film Yes, God, Yes. And I think that's what makes it one of the best films of 2020. It was funny, but it was also sincere and honest about it. It's subject. I think all those films I mentioned, what they have in common is that they're sincere and relatable. They're not goofy comedies that you watch and you go, well, I've never experienced anything like that. I think films like Palm Springs, Emma, King of Staten Island, Big Time Adolescence and Yes, God, Yes are relatable films that show experiences we've all been through. It's not the year of the laugh out loud comedies, but it is the year for sincere comedies. And again, I would put the film Yes, God, Yes near the top of that list. It has two really great performances from Natalia Dyer and Timothy Simmons. It's so funny. It's uncomfortably funny because of how real it is, how relatable it is. You're like any teen could experience 
experience what the character of Alice is going through in this film. And a lot of people do experience that, especially when it comes to religion. But you don't even need to be religious to relate to this film at all. I think it's a really special film. Again, one of the best lead performances of the year from Natalia Dyer. I think she should be in awards consideration. She probably won't because this is a small indie film. And Timothy Simmons delivers one of the best supporting performances of the year. More people should see the film. Yes, God, yes. I definitely recommend you check it out. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And this week, I put the spotlight on actor Paul Dano and the film Yes, God, Yes. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on actress Scarlett Johansson and the miniseries The Queen's Gambit starring Anya Taylor-Joy, Bill Camp, Marielle Heller, Harry Melling, and Thomas Brody Sangster. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.